You are listening to Right Off The Bus. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Right Off The Bus. I'm Chandler Hudgeson. That's my fantastic co-host, Pat Mahoney, and we are here for episode number 35 on this wonderful Wednesday, August 25th, Pat. It's the Reggie Lewis episode. Shout out number 35. One of the great are we just, just going to start naming a player every time? The, a different it, number. 36 it's Marcus nice Smart. Week. Marcus Smart oh, next yeah, week, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. There Let's you go. go. There you go. But yeah, I think I might have to, man. Spice up the intro. But I'm down for it. <laughs> Honestly, I like it. Like we said, man, we're here. We're ready to get going, man. And Pat, I'm excited, man. We have a great guest on the show. Maybe the most faithful listener question submission. Uh, that that was there was no correct grammar there, man. But he submits more <laughs> listener questions than yeah, you anyone all know else. him. Joe Braverman, Joe B from Let Me Speak at Let Me Speak Official on IG. Check out his podcast, man. I'm just pumped to talk to him. Mm-hmm. We're going to ha- bring him in for our football or football. Yeah, no. Oh, my gosh, dude. I'm just messing up. I was thinking soccer. Football, when I said football. or football. No, it's, exactly. it's our football segment, uh, NFL. I am all over the place, Pat. So why don't you tell me what you got going on? I think on, most man. of our most of our <laughs> listeners, except for like that occasional 1% is US based. So yep. uh, football is football here american (laughs) football right (laughs) yeah but uh i just got back yesterday uh for my brother's wedding my brother got married this weekend which was absolutely crazy i have three older brothers first one to get married it was wild we're uh we're at this nice place new jersey it was cool uh i don't know it was just a great experience seeing your your brother get married Mm -hmm. and i know you'll see this one day you have three older brothers as well you know we're the same in that way so when you do it, it, it it's a wild experience and as with all his friends they're awesome and uh yeah it was just a good time but i'm back was, now was your girlfriend sitting there saying hey pat um it's it's time it's time right away <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> yeah they're yeah it's hanging over my head right there <laughs> they're taking over my head uh i'm sure i'm sure that maybe that was in the mind but uh you know it's it's known so it's that's no worries but uh it, it was a wild experience i'm back now it was a tiring weekend there was a lot mm. going on but uh we're ready we're back to the podcast back to the normal routine back to work so uh always good to get back in the routine of things always feels good absolutely man congrats to your brother um congrats to you for making another drive to new jersey and back and keeping your sanity man hopefully Um, i'm done with my travels (laughs) till the end of september most likely so i'm uh i'm glad i'll get the next like four weekends to relax you got a little reprieve, Pat. Hopefully in those next four weeks, we can do a fantasy draft with our buddies, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. But yeah, Shane, if you're listening, figure out a draft day. So thank you. You know, Shane's not listening, but uh... no, no, definitely not. <laughs> but Pat, man, let's dive into some headlines and not to start off on a sad note. We'll make this a celebration rather than any sort of grieving or sadness. But man, would have just been Kobe's 43rd birthday, the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant. Obviously, everyone knows what happened with Kobe, man. So I just want to say, Rip Kobe, start off the show and uh, say, you know, love and respect to Vanessa and her family. And, you know, I'm sure that they were grieving, you know, celebrating mm-hmm. his life. But uh, shout out, Kobe, man. Happy and birthday. Which, uh, which day did they make Mamba Day? Is it? Two is it two four or eight twenty four? Oh, eight twenty four. That's right. I couldn't yep. remember if it was like February fourth because of two four. If mm-hmm. they combine the numbers, so August twenty fourth. Gotcha. Yep, yep. Man, very sad, but uh, yeah. Happy birthday to Kobe. That's all we got to say there. But yeah, we love Kobe. 
Without a doubt, man. Moving on. News came out today. Travis Etienne likely out for the season, Pat, man. It stinks for Jaguars fans. First round pick Trevor Lawrence's buddy over at Clemson. And uh, Pat, I uh, I don't quite know what this injury is, so you may have to run us through <laughs> I this. I know. I, I saw this today. And like I had seen before that he had a foot injury, but they said like tests came back negative, which usually, you know, means a good thing. And then I think a few days later, here we are uh, today and the midfoot sprain turned out to be Liz Frank, which hopefully I'm saying right. Uh, I don't, I honestly don't know. It could be Liz Frank. Uh, could be a Frenchman. Let's go with but, Frank. Uh, <laughs> in layman's terms, because I don't really know what that means. There, there was a lot of words and uh, vocabulary when I, when I looked it up on the internet. But uh, basically, it's, it just means it's really bad. So I was looking it up. And uh, you, typically with that type of injury in the foot, it takes about six to 12 weeks of like casts and boots. Mm. And then after that is physical therapy. So even they probably maybe could start them towards the end of the season. But I think at that point, they're going to be, I mean, too far gone. I, I don't know how they're going to do. Maybe If they're making a playoff run, maybe they'll want them. But I don't see that happening for the Jaguars this year. I think Joe would agree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, physical therapy after that. And I imagine for... Etienne, they'll just uh they'll wait till next season. But they have James James Robinson anyways, who had a great year last year, better than anyone expected. And I was surprised that they even drafted a running back. So I guess we're back to where it made sense for me before the draft. James Robinson moving up those draft boards and fantasy, man. Absolutely. I'll say with this injury, man, I've had some serious problems with my ankles. I have a problem with the subtala joint, lets it move side to side. Mine go way too far. It's not right. I had to wear boots on both of my ankles, one at a time. Luckily they didn't put me in two boots, you know, that would have been tough, but for like six to eight weeks at a time. So man, 12 weeks of casts in boots, man. I'm just, I'm praying for this guy's sanity, man. Cause walking around and casting boots for four straight months, that's tough. Hopefully it's not in no. the foot that he drives with. Hopefully he can at least go out and drive a car, do something. Cause <laughs> I tell you what, I just walked around in dress shoes for two days and my feet are <laughs> sore as hell. So I can't even imagine this type of injury when it's Liz Frank. Uh, <laughs> not good. Also known as Liz Frank, Pat. But also you know. known as Liz Frank. <laughs> Moving on, man. We got, got a serious fight coming up this weekend. Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley coming up this Sunday, August 29th predictions pat what we got i know next week's gonna be a wild episode because we'll get to talk about it a little bit but uh i i have no idea i i hate to say that i have no idea what's gonna happen i hate that it's come to this point that i don't know if tyron woodley's actually gonna lose to jake paul because it seems like it could be a possibility and i get like jake paul hasn't shown us that much i mean he's looked good against guys who are clearly not very good but jake paul has pretty much all the money in the world he has all so he can get the best trainers. He can accelerate faster than most of other guys who are getting into boxing. Most of these guys were coming up through amateurs. And then when they're first in the professionals, they don't have access to this. He's three and oh, and he's got access to the best trainers in the world, mm-hmm. which is not typical. So he can accelerate a lot faster. On the other hand, Tyron Woodley is a UFC, you know, future Hall of Famer. Not there yet, but he is Legend. a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest champions of all time. And he did finish, uh, he finished his UFC tenure 0 and 4, you know, 0 and 4 skid. That's not going to cut it. But before that, he was, he was dominating. I mean, and the guys he lost to are the four of the best welterweight fighters in the world. So it's tough. It's, it's so tough. I hate, again, I really, I will go with Tyron Woodley. I'm going to pick him just because I think, I mean, Jake Paul is going to go from Ben Askren to seeing this. 
And I think if Tyron makes contact once, Jake's – we haven't seen Jake take, like, a legit punch yet. I mean, he fought Nate Robinson and then Ben Askren. So there were no legit punches in there. If he gets hit by Tyron Woodley, who has one of the hard, – he was one of the hardest punchers in the UFC, I'll go with Tyron Woodley. I, I like those odds. Even though Paul probably does – maybe has better boxing footwork, uh, I, I will go with Tyron Woodley. I see how much it pains you to say anything against the MMA community, Pat. I do which, see it. Yeah, which is why I got to pick Woodley. I mean, I can't any good conscience pick Jake Paul, but I am nervous. I'm going to go Woodley too, but I am nervous, man, because Jake Paul is taller. He's heavier. He has a farther reach. And it sounds funny, but man, he's been boxing all day, every day for a little while now. And Woodley is trained yeah. in many different disciplines. But I think that if Woodley catches him, like you said, I mean, Paul hasn't felt real power like that, but he is significantly smaller than Paul. You know, I, you know, Paul is a big kid compared to him, but I think that Woodley is the first one to take this seriously. Mm -hmm. I don't think Nate Robinson took it seriously. I don't think Ben Askren took it seriously. I don't think the YouTuber that he fought, you know, that's even worse than Nate Robinson. So I think that Woodley is the first one that's actually trying to knock some teeth out of this kid's mouth. And for that reason, I'm going to go with Woodley because I think that he has a mission, man. And I really hope that whoever loses, uh, you know, keeps their word on that bet to get a tattoo. Oh, of yeah. The the name. Oh, if Tyron has to get a tattoo of Jake, uh, I'm going to feel so bad. See, it wouldn't be that bad for Jake to get a tattoo <laughs> of Tyron. Like, that's not bad. But, you know, if Tyron has to get a tattoo that says if it doesn't say Jake Paul, it says like problem child. I mean, that's mm -hmm. horrible. That's a horrendous tattoo. And as bad as Tyron's rapping is uh, that is going to give him even less credibility in the rap game. If he has problem child tattooed on himself. So I really hope for his sake and the entire MMA community and now myself picking him that mm -hmm. he wins. And I think, I think he'll get the job done. It's amazing how these Paul brothers just have, taken over the fight world yeah logan fought floyd jake, mayweather and literally no. jake paul versus the mma in boxing community man it's nuts mm. and it it's is. funny how jake is the more legit one about it but logan was the one to box floyd mayweather mm. it's the whole thing is just bizarre 2021 is a wacky time pat but we're moving on we got a few baseball headlines to get into man miguel cabrera shout out miguel was sitting on home run number 499 for Felt like a couple of weeks. I'm sure it wasn't, but with the baseball coverage, 28th player in MLB history to join the 500 home run club, man. When you're the 28th person to ever do something, that's pretty damn special. I, I don't know what else to say, man. This guy was phenomenal. He's won batting titles. I'm pretty sure he won a triple crown at a point. He did, man. Yes. Miguel Cabrera is an all-time great hitter. I don't think this is a guy that gets put into many all-time conversations. But when you look at the longevity, the power, the yeah. context, and he's he's a I legend, mean, man. He's got to be top five, like most consistent players in the M. I, I I would have to look through his stats, but like when I think of growing up, I don't think I ever saw Miguel Cabrera have a bad season. Right. So and at least if not, you know, one of the greatest of all time, one of the most consistent players of all time. Always, not and he's been on the Tigers for forever. I can't even believe he's still playing. <laughs> I just had to look up how old he is. He's thirty eight, and I can't believe he's still playing. So good for him, man. Do you remember when uh, Prince Fielder joined him on the Tigers for a bit, man? Seeing those two, I next love to Prince each other. Fielder. I was sad <laughs> when he did that because I liked him on the Brewers, and he was yeah. he was prime on the Brewers. But uh, yeah, I didn't like him as much on the Tigers, but I do love Prince Fielder. So yeah. Hey, shout out to Miguel Cabrera. Shout out Prince Fielder, and shout out Shohei Otani, man. I just want to throw this in here because 
Well, he hits the league leading 40th home run of the season. He also pitches an eight inning gem with one <laughs> earned run the same night, yeah. which is his longest start of his MLB professional career. Well, he hits the league leading homer. Well, he's legit. He's not like actually in the Cy Young conversation, but he is like kind of right outside of it, man. And again, we know we're a, we know we're an Otani, you know, stand podcast here, man, but I'm gonna keep doing it because this guy is on his way to being part of baseball lore, baseball legend. He's better than Honestly, Babe Ruth, and he's running away with the American league MVP. What, Angels are bad, but he's running away with it. Yeah. What he's done. I mean, we've talked about this in prior weeks. Like, you know, we stand show here on this show and, uh, he it's just never been done before. I mean, it's unbelievable. Not even Babe Ruth did what he's doing in the modern day too, where baseball is at the highest skill level it's ever been. I mean, I think I've said this on the podcast before when Babe Ruth was playing, those guys were smoking cigars at like, you know, midway through. I mean, granted the Red Sox did have beer and chicken wings, but uh, <laughs> they, were, they were smoking cigars. They were a bunch of nonsense, a bunch of out of shape, you know, a bunch of out of shape guys. And uh, it's, it's much more impressive today. I think I'm not going to go ahead and say he's better than Babe Ruth. And he, but uh, in terms of what he, I don't know what he's doing. It's, it's unbelievable. But man, when a 15 year olds like to say on Twitter, Oh, but Jordan was playing against plumbers. Babe Ruth was legitimately playing against plumbers, painters, Guy was working at the grocery store, man. Guys had other jobs when Babe Ruth was playing. Exactly. Shogi is different, man. This may go down as one of the few greatest seasons in MLB history, man. This is special, man. No, He's it really is. The league. It really is. And Pat, sticking with baseball for just a second, man. Red Sox lose the division on just an all-time terrible run. They were like... 5-15 and 15 over a 20-game stretch for a minute. Yankees win nine straight, and now these are the two AL wildcard teams. We're still behind the Yankees, man. This has been tough, man. What do you think about these Sox right now? I tell you what, it's been sad because uh, I got a few friends. Well, all my brothers are Yankees fans, and then uh, a lot of my friends are Yankees fans too. And I I was very confident on the Sox. Was, you yeah. know, I always give them crap. I'm like – when I see him, I'm like, the Yankees are a joke. I'm like, well, you guys haven't been anything. Garrett Cole sucks without the spider attack. You know, whatever I can think of, Aaron Judge <laughs> swinging and missing, John Carlos Stan swinging and missing. I bring up the Carabas tweets just to make me feel yep. good. Um, <laughs> but it, it's depressing. <laughs> see, we had a, what, nine and a half games, was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, nine and a half game lead just disintegrated. And, uh, yeah, we're losing now, so – and I think I said a few weeks back, I was like, the Sox, you know, no, we'll, we'll make the playoffs. We'll be fine. Now I'm not so sure. I'm really eating those words right now. I think we, I think we both agreed to when yep. we said it. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't look so good right now. I really hope they come back though. Somehow getting Kyle <laughs> Schwarber off of injury off the trademark and getting Chris sale back has not improved the team, which is not what I thought no. was going to happen, Pat, but hopefully they can get it going. Travis Shaw hit a walk-off grand slam in yesterday's game. So you know, hopefully there's some good momentum there. Moving on to the Celtics, a little basketball. Rob Williams, extension with the Celtics. Man, four years, $54 million. It's good money for Rob. What's that, 13 a year, something like that? 14 a year, whatever it is, man. It's good mm -hmm. money for Rob. I like the deal. Makes him very tradable. Also, high risk, high reward, man. This kid, his, his potential is limitless. He already has the playoff record for blocks for the Celtics. Almost a triple-double in the playoff with blocks. If he can stay healthy, he can hit a little mid-range jumper and he continues to improve. 
on, you know, every aspect of his game, this kid could be a serious problem in the NBA. He's like the 14th highest paid center in the league now. You know, this kid could be a serious, serious issue. I like it. I'm pumped to have him because I feel like our bigs have been a problem for a while now. Like I feel like we just haven't had a great big. Well, we realistically haven't had a great big since Kendrick Perkins. And even then, like he was, you know, the last piece on that team. Yeah, Garnett, behind, really, right? Behind Rondo and the big three. Yeah, it was Garnett. So the last guy was Perkins, really. I mean, we need a guy to emerge like that, although it is more of a small ball game now. I and mean, we see guys like Jokic. We see that they're capable of it. There's always been guys like Tim Duncan. I think we really do need a, a great piece at the center or at very least a big power forward. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm happy with Rob Will and the extension. Me too, man. And Josh Richardson, who we traded for from the Mavs, little one-year extension, makes his Mm. contract two years, 24. I like this, man. Again, I know I say for every Celtics player, makes the contracts very tradable. We could literally trade Horford and Richardson to match contracts for Beal right now. That's not what I want to do. I'm just saying. I like it. Solid three and D wing player. I like having him on the team, man. I think this is solid. And Brad is locking everybody up. GM Brad. You have a contract. You have a contract. He's looking like Oprah out here, man. I love it. This is what I want to see. I do love, I love the boldness out of him. Cause like it was an interesting, it was, it was crazy news when we saw he wasn't going to be the head coach, but then he's president of basketball operations and Danny Ainge is done. So for him to, for us to see him make moves, I like the confidence and I like the expectation that uh, I, I like to think that he could take his places. I do think we could win a championship under Brad Stevens. I like the moves. Yes, sir. I love that, man. I like that bold statement. Pat, why don't you run us through this last one, man? Because you're the resident golfer here. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this a couple of days ago and then like he finally got cleared, but J.R. Smith, you know that J.R. Smith, uh, the, the notorious meme from the, the finals with LeBron and the Cavs and then everything else J.R. Smith has been through with the Nuggets. I mean, he's just an absolute meme at this point, but uh the meme goes on. I got to say he's cleared to play golf in college <laughs> at North Carolina A&T. And I was asking Chandler this. I was like, how could he have eligibility for college? And I think Chandler said, if we're not mistaken, that he came out of high school to the Drafted NBA out of high school. Yeah. Smith. So there's the eligibility thing. But uh, imagine you're like a 19 year old on the college golf team. D1 <laughs> granted. I don't know how good J.R. Smith is, but pretty damn good to make the team. Imagine you're 19 years old and you go to play a golf match. Like, let's I don't know, North Carolina A&T versus whoever they played. Let's just say Duke. Imagine you're a Duke 19-year-old on the golf team, mm-hmm. and then you, you're matched up against J.R. Smith. That's, that's a pretty surreal sight. This guy who's, what, like 6'6", comes up with neck tattoos and he's like he's like hey i'm jr he's like yeah i think i know you we know (laughs) yeah we know who you are jr you don't have to introduce yourself but yeah it's it's surreal so we'll be looking for uh in the future episodes we'll be looking for highlights from jr smith and his upcoming uh collegiate his collegiate uh golf performances and not to mention, I want to see the NID, NIL deals he gets, man. I want to see any endorsements JR gets for golfing, man. How, yeah, dude, you're a 17 year old on a recruiting trip, and JR Smith is yeah. one of the guys. Like, dude, JR, man, this is going to be weird. I hope he's not like around campus. I hope he's not partying. Like, it's kind of, it's kind of weird to be 36 and playing on a college golf team, but strange. Because it's JR, dude, it's awesome. The neck tats, he's 6'6". He's going to be wearing the freshest polos, dude. He's going to be looking nice. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Now, I will say, has to be an odd locker room situation. Is there a locker room for a golf team, Pat? 
Like, do they all? Yeah, yeah. They all, like, should meet be. Up there and, should be. With their do they have a team talk and... before they go out for a tournament? I like to think there is D1. I would hope so. Uh, Give me JR motivational team talks to this golf team, man. I like, I can't wait to see it. This guy's still a super athlete. This guy would still be dunking on 11 foot rims, man. Uh, like, I, I'm just interested to see how this goes. This is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. Awesome. I do love it. Hey, he, he knows how to win if that's one thing. So uh, hopefully he can uh, translate to the golf course as well. Without a doubt, Pat. Now let's move on to some football. I will say there's one more. I didn't put it on here, but I go ahead. I we can't brush by it. The Little League World Series did start. Uh, although the international teams aren't in it because of COVID, it has been uh, exciting. I was watching it this weekend, but there's one kid who I have to highlight because I don't know if you've seen this. So he plays on the South Dakota team from Sioux Falls. Gavin Weir. He's a pitcher, and obviously at that age, they're also hitters. Uh, in his last seven starts, so districts, states, regionals, and then in the Little League World Series, the stat line, <laughs> it said in the headlines, he's the showy Otani of uh, the Little League World Series because he was also hitting dingers. 37 and two-thirds innings pitched, uh, one hit, zero earned runs, 100 strikeouts. <laughs> 100, in in 37.2 innings pitched, he has 100 strikeouts with one hit and no earned runs. So he's thrown at least like at least six no hitters in there. But also <laughs> with the 100 strikeouts, I looked it up. I think it was like 2.6 an inning. So he's almost striking out the side every time. Every out. single but player. Yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable. This is a, you know, 12 or 13 year old. And uh, that was the one thing I had to highlight from the Little League World Series. This guy's on South Dakota. I don't even know how South Dakota code is doing but i know i do know they won their last game because he hit a uh, a game-winning home run and i think it was the bottom of the fifth he had like a three-run shot so I say we got to get this kid on the pod man is that even legal i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. not only not only can this he's the showy otani of uh of south dakota they're saying so i don't i don't know but i i had to highlight this kid because that's unbelievable Absolutely. 100 Dude, strikeouts 37 innings so that kid is amazing. I need to see his batting stats now because I feel like he's probably hitting 600. Yeah, like we'll he's have probably, to get back with those. Yeah, <laughs> his, his on-base percentage is probably 800. But um, Pat, um, just while we're talking Little League World Series, man, I hate the Little League World Series. Like I know it's Come like, on. It's I know so it's a good. nice thing, and I know these kids are playing hard, and it's fun seeing them in. But I literally hate when I turn on the top 10 on ESPN and number three is like a 12 year old making a casual double play. And then like number three, four and five are like high flying dunks, like Olympic gold medals and like all this stuff. And they're like, look at this kid making a double play. And I'm like, come on, man. I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I used to do in August. Every every August Chandler, when I was growing up, I would typically be in Cooperstown, New York, because my brothers would be playing baseball there in the big tournament they have. I mean, Bryce Harper played there. All these, these guys, the Cooperstown was legit. So I would go there. It was like a, as variation of little league uh it was little league but just not as you know big as the little league world series because obviously it's international but uh every year i would watch little league world series every game every game that i could anyways and then uh i would watch bench warmers because i think you go from like the legit to the fake and then the bench warmers like all the kids it's it's hilarious i remember i love it they do like the barehanded flip and bench warmers. And I was always like, Oh, that's going to be me. I was like, totally that, that was never me. I was a catcher anyways. So <laughs> I wasn't flipping double plays, but uh, that was my tradition every August. So I'm, I'm a big it. little league world series guy. 
I love that, man. I can't hate on that. I can't hate on that at all, man. That that does sound like a good tradition. And man, Bench Warmer is a great movie. I love those old movies, man. Kicking and screaming, dude. Like yeah, Bench Warmers, all those old sports iconic. movies. <laughs> all right, Pat. Now let, we got to move on to some football. And as promised, we got a great guest, Joe Braverman. So hope everyone enjoys listening to him join us for a little bit of football, man. All right, everybody. So we're moving on to football. And as promised, we have a fantastic guest this week, Joe Braverman, another Westfield State alum in the house, host of the Let Me Speak podcast at Let Me Speak official on Instagram. Go check him out. Joe, what's going on, man? How we doing? Hey, we're doing good. Thanks for inviting me on. I've been a fan of you guys since very few episodes. I you know me throwing in those listener questions and all that. So I'm a big fan. And, and, you know, I'm just glad you get the IG name right. You know, not many people are able to figure that one out. Because you had well, to go through, I had to go through like three different names before settling on that one. <laughs> well, Joe, man, like you said, with all the listener questions that you've been submitting, we've been shouting out your podcast. Yeah, most it's weeks. always. So if, if people make it to minute 45 or 50 when we're talking about those listener questions, they definitely know you, man. But, you know, <laughs> Joe, we're bringing you on, talk a little NFL today. So we figure as Pat and I are trying to ease into the NFL season, we did some division predictions last week. Figured we'd bring in Joe, give give a little award prediction show, you know, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, all that stuff. So we're going to dive right into it. And I feel like it only makes sense to start with MVP, right? It's the big fish. It's the award everyone wants to talk about. So, Pat, why don't you start us off and we'll have Joe follow you, man. Who is your MVP pick for this NFL season? My MVP pick is the back to it's going to be back to back. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers because he's coming back to Green Bay for probably one more season. Devontae Adams may be the same. So I'm thinking Rodgers is going to double up. And I don't see, I mean, from what he did last year and what he's done over the last like eight years, I just don't see anything different happening except for maybe Mahomes. But Mahomes is the close second. But uh, but Rodgers is my number one for sure. I just think uh, the Green Bay offense is going to be on fire this year and it's going to be thanks mm-hmm. to Rodgers. So. That's who I got. Okay, well, there's there's your first mistake, Pat, because you're wrong. You don't know what that <laughs> locker room is like with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, you look at all the turmoil that he's gone through. You don't know what's going on in that locker room. You don't know if it's totally going to be dysfunctional against Aaron Rodgers or if it's going to be against management. You don't know until you see it actually play out on the field. And we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers on the field. So we don't know what that's going to be like for Aaron Rodgers. You said your close second is Patrick Mahomes. That's my number one. I'm going Pat Mahomes all the way. This dude is the best football player on the planet right now. And people forget that. You know, people are forgetting how good he is that we take it for granted. That's why Patrick Mahomes this year, after coming off that Super Bowl loss where people are saying Tom Brady is the best, Tom Brady is the best. Yeah, he's the best of all time, but he's not the best right now. The best is Patrick Mahomes, the man who can throw without looking, do behind (laughs) the back, do all of his razzle-dazzle. That's why Patrick Mahomes is going to win and reestablish himself as the best. Pat, oh, go ahead. I was just saying, I do think, you know, Mahomes is obviously exciting. Obviously, he's one of the best. But based off of what I saw last year, I know there's turmoil, but I think Rodgers is a guy who, like, he can separate the personal from the business end. I think that when he goes on the field, I don't think any of that matters. I think regardless yeah, don't, of don't think for a second, don't 
Don't I, think for a second Rodgers is going to be that diva. He's shown himself to be a diva for many, many years. <laughs> but and even if he has, the, being the, the diva has never affected the on-field play, at least in my opinion. I think no matter what, he's always performed. I mean, his stats over the last, you know, 10 years have shown that. Yeah, but when was the last time he won MVP before last year? Six years ago. That was six years ago, and you're telling me all of a sudden he's going to be back-to-back? No. Hey. No. I don't, I don't see that. I don't see Green Bay <laughs> having that success that he did a year ago. And going back to your, like, division races, I think Minnesota gives them a run for their money. I don't think it's a run oh, for Green I Bay. See I th- I <laughs> not with Kirk. Not with Kirk. I don't one. see that, Joe, but we got to keep it to this MVP prediction, man. And I hate to say it, but I agree with Joe over my co-host here. I got Mahomes as winning MVP. I don't think it's a problem putting Rodgers right there, dude, through 40 touchdowns, five picks last year. Unbelievable. I think him and Devontae Adams are really going to be on some last dance stuff. You may see Adams – Close to that Randy Moss record. He's not going to hit the 22, 23, but he might be up there. I got Mahomes too, and here's the reason. Joe Tooney at left guard and Orlando Brown at left tackle. That's why I have Mahomes winning MVP, because if you can protect this man, he is the half a billion dollar man in the NFL, which, and again, I'm kind of with Joe. We forget forget that, you know, before he lost in the Super Bowl last year, people were already putting him in that top couple player all-time conversation. And Mahomes is that good. So I think I got to rock with Patty Mahomes on a healthy season too. And we'll see what 17 games brings because each of these guys could throw 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns if they get an extra game, you know, they'll be interesting to see. I love yeah. it. I'm already, I'm already on the show and I'm getting favorable. I'm already getting favorable. <laughs> hey, that's totally fair. I gotta be, I, was, I gotta be different was, over here. I was doing research. Yeah. I got, I got a question for you, for you guys both. And this can be like a real life listener question. We haven't seen an MVP that's a non-quarterback since 2012 when Adrian Peterson did that. And he had to be nine yards short of Eric Dickerson's rushing record. So what is it going to take for a non-quarterback to win this MVP or at least be in contention? Because there are multiple years. J.J. Watt should have been an MVP in, I think it was 2015. Derrick Henry could have been a real big contender. So I just want to ask, who is a non-quarterback that's an MVP contender right now? None of them. Not none of them. It's a, after, it's, yeah. a it's a quarterback award. Not, after I, after it, what Derrick Henry did last season, and for him to not even like obviously Rodgers did what he did, but I feel like in any season, even if Derrick Henry did those stats were MVP caliber that he put up last season. And if he can't do it last season, regardless of what Rodgers did, I think even if he did that this season, it's just not gonna happen. So Derrick Henry for me, I mean could put up those same stats and I just don't see besides a quarterback winning it. I just don't think anyone else is going to win it. It's like, it's like the Heisman in, yeah, in just college, a crazy man. proposal. No, you know, it's, no, it's a, Hey, I wish someone besides a quarterback <laughs> would win. Cause I'd love to see it. It's like a non quarterback winning the Heisman except times 10. Cause obviously someone did that last year, but uh, yeah, I, I just don't see it for a while. It's going to take All something right. truly special. <laughs> It definitely would. And let's move on to defensive player of the year, Joe. Why don't you start us off on this one, man? Who you got as your defensive player of the year? Okay, so this one I kind of struggled with for a little because the easy choice is Aaron Donald. I mean, he's won it three out of the last four times. But that gets kind of boring from time to time. You know, you want to have someone who, you know, you have a guy like a TJ Watt where you knew he was good. And then last year when he led the league in sacks, you're thinking, oh, maybe this is one of the best defenders of all time. So TJ Watt, from what it's sounding like, would be my answer, but it's not. And I'm going to throw a real wild card in here. Miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns. I think the Browns are going 
going to have a very good team this year. And I even think they can win the North. I think they will win the North division over Pittsburgh. And sorry, Pat, about your Ravens, but they're going to beat them too. I think Miles Garrett, this is probably the best defensive line. This is probably the best defensive line that Miles Garrett has had in his entire career. And I know everyone likes the clown, no pun intended about Jadavian Clowney, but he's a steady defensive lineman. And he's been asked pretty much since he got drafted, you know, be this edge rusher and be the league leader in sacks. He doesn't have to do that anymore. You know, that means all the attention is going to go on Garrett and that will leave it for Clowney. And when the attention goes to Clowney, Miles Garrett comes in there. He's got Clowney. He's got Malik Jackson. He's got Andrew Billings. I don't see how Miles Garrett could lose this if he doesn't shoot himself in the foot. Give me Miles Garrett, <laughs> defensive player of the year. I, like I think it. I think for similar reasons, I am going to go with TJ Watt because obviously he uh, he didn't win it last year. He had such a great year last year, though. Um, but in that division, like if he can put up those stats that he did last year in that tough of a division, which probably only got better this year. I mean, the AFC North is so difficult. And for him to put up those stats, I just don't see him dropping. I think the Steelers got better from last year, which is surprising. And uh, I think I'm going to go with TJ Watt in a very tough AFC North. But I, I don't think the Steelers will win that division. I agree with you, Joe. It's going to be between the Browns and the Ravens. But TJ Watt's going to be the heart of that defense. TJ Watt is scary coming off that edge, man. But, you know, Joe, you said wild card for Miles Garrett. I think I beat you in the wild card round here. I'm going <laughs> Derwin James. Safety the, off the Los Ooh, Angeles Chargers. I like it. My man's coming off injury. And I got to tell you, this dude has all-time great potential when he's on the field. He can do anything in the secondary. And this Chargers team is going to be so much improved as compared to last year. Justin Herbert broke every rookie quarterback record there was with winning what? Four, five, six games, whatever it was. You know, super hurt on offense, super hurt on defense. You get a guy like Nick Bosa back. You get a guy like Derwin James back. That defense is going to be legit. I'm going safety, man. I think that he's got that Ed Reed. He's got that Troy Polamalu. He's got that kind of next gear to me and i i'd love to see this kid come out and just go off this year i'm going derwin james for defensive player of the year which which i'm not i'm not exactly confident in but it's so definitely when they go six and eleven there. when they go six and eleven when they go six and eleven they'll still give him the votes for mvp now i think this is like tj watt you got to be on a winning team you know the steelers i can see you get 10 or 11 games out of there the chargers look at the division they're in they're in the Chiefs, no one's going to beat them at least maybe four or five times. The Raiders are on the up and up. And then the Broncos, yeah, they're a rollover. You can get definitely two games over them. But you can't tell me that the, the Raiders are any a, better. A good year. Like, not a great year, not a good year. You can't tell me the Raiders are I'll tell are you the Raiders the are better than the Chargers. I'll tell you that right oh, now. Oh, no. I'm higher, I'm higher on the Chargers this year. And Josh Jacobs. We're, we're going to have to do an off-camera. You can't tell me the Raiders are I can, Joe. I just did. We, we just disagree. Wow. But we, you know, we got to stick to the script. We got to keep moving on here. Joe and I will probably be making an off camera bet after that. <laughs> but we're moving on to offense. We'll save it player. for Joe's podcast. <laughs> offensive player of the year, Pat. Who we got? Uh, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara. Uh, I just, and I, I see your pick here, Chandler. And I, I do like that pick. But uh, Alvin Kamara for me, I just think 
I, with Drew Brees' absence and they're trying to figure things out at quarterback, they're just going to rely so heavily, he, so heavily on the running back position. And Kamara is so versatile. It's really it, it's an easy pick to go with. I mean, I think he's at least in anyone's top five. But for me, I think he has the edge over any of the other guys. I think uh, offensive player of the year will be Kamara. Just with the situation in New Orleans, they're going to need him to play as good as he can, and they're going to rely heavily on him. Especially when you look at pass catching ability out the backfield, man. Exactly. Hard yep. to argue with that. Joe, who are you rocking with for offensive player of the year? So Pat was telling me how easy it was. This was kind of a difficult choice for me. I had a, a lot of options going through my mind, and I'll just throw out there my pick, DeAndre Hopkins. I think Arizona is going to have a much better year. I think that collapse for Kyler Murray and, and that Arizona team really helps them. I think they will at least be a wild card team. I'm still kind of iffy on the division when you have still the Seahawks and the Rams out there. But I like DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he's much more comfortable in year two. You have to understand, you know, he did like the situation in Arizona. But if you go back on recent history, year two is always better than year one for any guy making the acquisition, you know, nine times out of ten. So that's why I think Hopkins is much more comfortable. I think Kyler Murray gets much more confidence in him. And plus, probably get another Hale Murray out there. Why not? Mm. Give me DeAndre Hopkins. I'll take him. I like it, man. And Pat and I are both definitely high on the Cardinals after last week's episode. We like what that offense is doing, man. Do. You add AJ Green. You add some great players to that defense. Now, for me, I'm going with the guy that won it last year. Well, what was he? The FedEx ground player of the year. Is that what the award <laughs> is for the best running back? Derrick Henry. Uh, I'm rocking with Derrick yeah. Henry, man. I mean, if this running game wasn't already strong enough, you add a guy like Julio Jones to the passing game that opens up the run game so much more. Also, man, AJ Brown and Julio Jones blocking. You got those big six, two, six, three wide receivers blocking out there. I got to rock with Derrick Henry because unlike most running backs, I don't see his production slowing down after a massive year. You look at a guy like DeMarco Murray, when he had his crazy year and he had 460 touches or whatever, you, you go down fast after that. He went to the Eagles and he was out of the league. That doesn't happen with Derrick Henry. This guy's built different. And uh, I'm rocking with Derrick Henry there, man. He's tough for me to pick against because you know that they go as far See, as Derrick Henry goes. The, the, pro the, pro the problem with that is with Julio Jones now in the mix, that offense just gets more versatile. So Derrick Henry isn't going to have as many touches. So we're not going to see him put up those monster numbers. That's why you have to sort of, take a step back on Derrick Henry because he's not going to get as many rushing attempts. If Ryan Tannehill can throw on the ball, you get a two headed wide receiver monster when um, Derrick Henry is not having a good game. And we saw in that Baltimore series that, or that Baltimore playoff game that when you struggle on the running game, Derrick Henry can have those nights. He can have those games where he struggles and that's where you open the air. So I just don't see Derrick Henry getting the same workload that he did this year. But Joe, you're, the second sentence you said right there was if Tannehill can throw the ball. And that uh, there's no confidence in that statement from me, which is why I'm going there. <laughs> They're relying on you this guy. You have no confidence in Ryan Tannehill. Just like Kirk Cousins. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. Yep, Chandler's I mean, low on guy, Tannehill. And I, I do like the Raven shout out. The guy played wide receiver for two and a half years at Texas A&M, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into it. But that's just me, man. We all got our difference of opinion. So let's keep it moving, man. Let's go to Offensive Rookie of the Year. Pat, who we rocking with? Offensive Rookie of the Year. Based on sheer volume and the amount he's going to be used in the offense, I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. I know everyone was high on him in the draft, obviously. 
and everyone's saying he's the next great thing at tight end, which he very well could be. I wouldn't compare him to Tony Gonzalez quite yet down in Atlanta, but I think with the absence of Julio Jones, now it's essentially Calvin Ridley and it's essentially Kyle Pitts. Those are the two main receiving options. So I think just on sheer volume and hey, Matt Ryan can still sling the ball. He might not be able to win that many games or playoff games, but he can sling the ball. And I have no doubt that, uh, with their terrible defense, it's there's going to be a lot of high scoring <laughs> games and they're going to be airing the ball out, probably playing from behind. So I like uh, I like Kyle Pitts for that potential. Hey, and man, if uh, Justin Herbert can win it on a bad team, so can Kyle Pitts. Hey, let's move it over <laughs> to you, Joe. Who you got offensive rookie? So, again, I'm going for a workload kind of thing. And I totally agree about Kyle Pitts. I think, you know, going back to the draft, he was probably the best player in the in the draft out there. You know, you have your best. I think he's the best athlete just because of his size. He's kind of like a people mm-hmm. compare him to Gronk or Travis Kelsey, but I'm actually going with Jalen Waddle down in Miami because you have to look at the situation from like Miami. It. He got his old, his old teammate, his old teammate Tua. That's a instant connection right there. Similar to in Cincinnati, you have that connection with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. But the thing that I see with Jalen Waddle is that look at the other two receivers that Miami has got. He's got Devonte Parker, and he's been banged up pretty much all throughout the preseason and through training camp. And then you have Will Fuller. He's suspended for the first game, but he's also coming off a torn ACL. That's not too long ago. So you have to be wary on that. Jalen Waddle, he's fresh. He's eager. He's ready to go. I think Miami, you know, I know you guys had the debate about between the, the Pats and the Dolphins about number two. I think regardless, you're going to see a high volume of play from Jalen Waddle, and that's why – to me, he's my early pick for rookie offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, definitely not mad at that, man. There's so much receiving talent coming out of this draft from Pitts to Chase to Waddle. And then, of course, my pick, Devonta Smith. Man, I know that he's slight. I know that his hips are about this big, man. But I got to tell you, this kid's route running is impeccable. He just won the Heisman, did it with a couple different quarterbacks. And same thing, workload volume. This guy may be the least capable of taking the amount of hits, but boy, is he going to get the ball a lot in Philadelphia because Philly does not have much going for them right now. And he has to be Jalen Hurts guy. And I am just irrationally high on Devonta Smith. So I'm going to put that into this conversation as well. I know (laughs) that he doesn't have the physical tools, the size, the explosive ability of some of these other guys, but I am just so unbelievably confident in Devonta Smith. And that's, that's why I'm rocking with him, man. I think he's going to put up a big year and, you know, what did he get drafted 11th or 12th? That's still pretty high in the draft. So this, this kid's, you know, a stud. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought he was undervalued in the draft. I thought the Eagles got a steal with that one. Yeah. For for the Heisman to be drafted what 11th or 12th, like you said, I mean, that's, that's rare, but uh, Hey, I don't want to see any more clips of him dropping balls though, like in that (laughs) preseason game. And then I'll be a little bit higher. I'll be as high as I was. I didn't like that. I was alarmed. I hear you, man, but watch, pre-season, watch the route preseason running. doesn't matter, though. Watch how open he got before he dropped the pass. No, I'm just kidding, man. But Pat, take us off on defensive rookie of the year, man. All right. Uh, defensive rookie of the year, <laughs> maybe a little bit biased, but I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> Odafe or Jason, whatever you want to call him. Oa uh, with the Ravens. I mean, we drafted this guy. I was very high on him. I was very happy. I watched draft night. I was pumped that we got this guy. I just think he has so much potential. I think he adds something to, I mean, the Ravens have such a good defensive system as it is. I think he's going to glue right in. I think we have all the capabilities of reaching his potential for his rookie season. And I think, 
just with the defense we have together, I don't know. I just see him shining, and I, I really like uh, the presence he brings, and I'm very happy we got him. So although probably a biased pick, not the popular pick, I am going to go with Oda Feola. Probably. Not a bad Judon uh, replacement, man. Probably. <laughs> probably the biased pick. <laughs> I'm taking Mac Jones. No, I'm just kidding. Go no, ahead. That, yeah, that would be a player. step too far. <laughs> All right. So my pick is pretty much simple. The media loves the Cowboys. And if that defense for Dallas gets any better, you know Micah Parsons is going to be in that discussion. So that's why, like, I think Dallas is going to be better. And I think, you know, offense I'm not worried about. It was their defense. They were so bad. Like, you guys know this. They were so bad last mm. year. And instantly Micah Parsons, he didn't even have to take a single snap in training <laughs> camp. That defense was already better once he got drafted. That's why I think Micah Parsons is going to be that rookie of the year because Dallas to me favorites in the NFC East and they got to have a good defense. Micah Parsons, they're always, they're already going to say that's the difference maker right there. Give me Micah Parsons. Joe, I'm with you. I thought Micah Parsons was the best defensive player in this draft. I'm rocking with him. And you look at the fact that he can play the Mike, the Will, or the Sam. He'll play anywhere in that linebacking core. And he has Leighton Vander-esque and Jalen Smith on the either side of him or, you know, two, two guys on the same side of him. But, man, I think that he can just do absolutely everything on defense. He flies around like crazy. And he's going to have the freedom to do it. If you look at that linebacker core, who are they going to give the freedom to to go make a play? It's Micah Parsons, and I think he's going to go do it. He's in that quick athletic mold. Of uh, Oh my gosh, I just totally blanked on uh, the linebacker. Devin Smith, man, he's totally in that mold, the Levanta David mold. Like He is legit, and I cannot wait to watch him play. And the next award is the Comeback Player of the Year Award, and I'll start it just because, man, I'm staying in Dallas, which I can't believe I'm giving two season awards to the Dallas Cowboys. But Dak Prescott, man, Dak, you got 40 million. I know your shoulder's sore and you just can't shake it, man, but you got to get out there. He has to throw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. There's no excuse between Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. You got Zeke Elliott. You got a decent offensive line. Dak's got to go out and prove that he's worth this contract because like they did with Tony Romo, they paid him before he did anything. So Dak, you need to go prove that you're worth this contract. I think he's going to, you know, so I got Dak for comeback player of the year. Pat, who we got? Uh, well, I think along with everyone else, I feel bad for Dak and I really would like him to see. I would like to see him win the uh, the Alex Smith comeback player of the year award as I will <laughs> as I will name it uh, hence, henceforth. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley strictly because I mean, we didn't see anything last year. He got injured in the first game. We didn't see anything out of him. And we saw f- there was so much potential there. I really was excited. I mean, my buddy drafted him first overall in fantasy first game of the season. He's down. So I think just based, he's going to go from zero to an absolute hundred. I think uh, the giants are going to rely on him heavily. I mean, they're going to, they're going to need him in that division. So I'm going to go with Saquon just on sheer volume. And because of the fact that he literally will go from having done zero last year to uh, being the most critical part of that offense in New York. Joe, we getting out of the NFC East here for your pick. We actually are. We're getting out of there and I kind of like this three guys, three different picks. I'm going OBJ Odell Beckham Jr. From Cleveland. I mean, you got to understand how much better this guy makes Cleveland I know people were going to argue before he got hurt so I know they weren't good to begin with listen you've got a comfortable Baker Mayfield you've got a two-headed monster running back Chubb and Hunt 
Jarvis Landry, he can be your number one. OBJ, just back off number two. Back off number two. We don't know how good these hands are until we see it back on the field. That's why I'm riding with OBJ. And like you're giving Dallas two awards, I'm giving Cleveland two awards. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. That Cleveland team is going to be scary this year. They, I mean, they have all the potential in the world. And let's see, let's see what they do, man. All healthy now. Coach of the year, man. This is this is interesting. I'll start here. I was racking my brain for this. I wanted to go out and give a hot take on this. I wanted to think about a team that would come out and dominate that we didn't see. That's not what I'm going with. I'm going with Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay. This team, everyone says they returned 22 starters. They returned 23. They kept Antonio Brown, who's literally surplus to them. You know who else is coming back? OJ Howard. So you add that to Gronk and Cam Brait. And then they take a linebacker at the end of the first round to add to that loaded defense, man. They bring everyone back. They just continue to add people. And I, and I mean, I, I see no reason why Tampa Bay shouldn't have extreme success this year. I think Tom Brady is a sleeper MVP pick for this year. Second year with the team coming off a championship. I'm going Bruce Arians. Well, I think this, that's the yeah. problem. That's the problem, Chandler, is that they have all these pieces coming back that you could ultimately say, oh, it's just because the team they had rather than the coaching that they had. That's why Bruce Arians kind of gets the pass and you see like Andy Reid doesn't get those votes because he has Patrick Mahomes. That's why, you know, I was going really back and forth. I initially wrote down Kevin Stefanski, giving the Browns some more love, but I'm actually just going to be a homer just like Pat and go Bill Belichick because this Pats team is going to be better. They're going to be better. They're going to contend for a wild card. Keep in mind, this Cam Newton-led offense got seven wins last year. Seven wins. They already improved their wide receiving core. They've got th basically four great running backs, if you think about it, with Ramondre Stevenson playing so well in the preseason. You know, the Jedi Master is going to be back at it again, and he's going to win Coach of the Year because the Pats are going to be that much better. I hope you're right, Joe. I, I'm praying for your pick to come true there. Pat, what <laughs> And everyone, everyone outside of New England is hoping that is not the case. But <laughs> I'm going to go with one that Joe is definitely not going to like just based off of the previous, uh, previous part of the conversation. I'm going to go with a bold pick in Brandon Staley because, all right, it is, it is going to be his first chance. He's coming from the defensive coordinator spot. But if he can – it's a bold pick because if he can do it in that tough of a division – and he does have the capability. Derwin James, Keenan Allen, the emergence of Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler hopefully will be healthy for the entire season. He has the pieces to do it with that team. I think the, the Chargers' whole problem has always been the one-score losses. They haven't been able to finish games. They've all, they've, they lose half their games by one score. But I think with an improved defense coming from a defensive-minded guy, I think the offense will speak for itself. It is a tough division. They're certainly not going to, you know, finish above the Chiefs. I'm not saying that. But I think for the division they have, I'm going to go with Brandon Staley. I mean, that's not a bad pick if they get better. I'm not going to say that's a bad pick at all. If they contend for a wild card, then I'll give it to you. I'm just saying I don't have faith in the Chargers, really. I think Herbert just needs one more year, and he needs, yeah. you know, just that team doesn't have the personnel. It is going to take a little bit of a culture change. I will admit that because I mean, those one score losses and they keep happening. That does get in your head. I think everyone <laughs> on the team. So they got to get a little bit of a killer instinct and that's going to be largely determined probably the first four games. I would say that, you know, if they start losing games and they lose them by one score, it's going to be heartbreaking and we're probably going to see the same chargers. But if they start, if they get out hot, I think, uh, I think we could see good things. 
would be fun to see, man. And hey, that wraps up our football segment. Joe, thank you for coming on, man. Any uh, any parting words you want to send to the guests? You want to tell them anything about your podcast? Tell them a little bit more about the show and why they should go check it out. Well, first, I'm just going to point out in my first appearance, I already agreed with Chandler twice. So just keep that in mind. You know, that's probably more times than you two. Um, but seriously, guys, um, go check out Let Me Speak. It's my own sports podcast. You know, rather than these two fighting with each other, I get to fight with myself and my own mm -hmm. thoughts. Make sure um, you get to listen to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We just put out a video version on YouTube a couple of weeks ago. So we're in the visual standpoint. Nice. And, you know, we've got pages on Facebook. You hear Chandler shout out Twitter all the, or uh, Instagram all the time. You can check out Twitter as well. All you got to do is search uh, Let Me Speak podcast. And uh, this was a blast. I can't wait to do this again, hopefully soon. So uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thank you for coming on. And you, like we said, we'll be on Let Me Speak soon enough. And, uh, Joe, <laughs> I, I will say, I think this may be the first week in a while you didn't submit a listener question. I don't think we got one from you this week, <laughs> I, Joe. But I had to give you, you guys a break. I had to give you the visual. I had to give well, you the visual. You, the did, give the, experience. you did give us the listener us question live in person. So I would, That's true. it's hard to say he skipped. <laughs> he just waited for the right moment to <laughs> deliver it in person. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right time, right place. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man, Joe, thank you one more time. Like I said, go follow him on Instagram at let me speak official. Go check out his podcast. Let me speak, man. It's uh, it's good. It's a great podcast. It's just Joe. You'll enjoy listening to him, but man, Joe, thank you one more time for coming on. I appreciate it guys. Hope everyone enjoyed uh, us having Joe on for that little football segment, man. It's always fun to make those predictions and go back and forth. Things got a little heated, Pat. Sounds like he wants to be my new co-host. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying we agreed a lot, but no, I'm just playing. Man. He doesn't I'm agree with playing. my Ravens picks or uh, or my MVP pick for that matter, but that's okay. It's good. Hey. He didn't, it's good. He didn't see the Flacco jersey. Sports is an opinionated game. So uh, I'm, I'm sure I was saying, I was like, I, I'm sure none of us will be right. So it's, uh, it's tough. You know, it's always tough. We try to give our best analysis even the guys at nfl network try to and uh it rarely works out yeah man but hey now we're gonna move on to a little bit of soccer a little extra time and we're just gonna fly through this man so real quickly european soccer's back man and all the big guys are doing their thing man whether it's city dude whether it's holland whether it's tuchel and this new chelsea team with lukaku getting his first goal everyone's flying around and Let's just talk, touch on uh, Liverpool and Man City real quick, respectively, since those are our guys. Liverpool opened it up 3-0 win versus Norwich. That's what's expected. Next game, Burnley, 2-0. Diego Jota scores in both games, man. We have this young left-back, Costas Simicus, who looks fantastic. He's going to be Robo's backup for a while. But, man, we're playing Chelsea next week. That's what I'm not looking forward to because, man, Lukaku looked scary. For Chelsea against Arsenal, they only won two nothing, but they got like seven goals on the season now. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, Pat, I know we're gonna talk a little city, but Arsenal lost their first two games. Brentford and Chelsea look terrible. You know who their third game is against? Manchester City at the Etihad at City. Man, Arsenal are gonna be off to one of the worst starts ever, man. But man, what what are you seeing with soccer coming back, man? Well, you know it's funny who I feel bad for, but also who's probably just sitting in their recliner smiling right now is Arsene Wenger because <laughs> I go back to the Wenger out. You know, clearly yep. the problems run a lot deeper than Arsene Wenger. <laughs> uh, was it Mikel Arteta? He's the coach yep. now. He's a relatively new coach. It's always tough, but uh, hey, that didn't matter for uh, Andrea Pirlo until last season. 
uh, yeah, it, it sucks for Arsenal. I mean, they've always been like the number four, like it, not for a while. I don't know when the last time they won they was. They haven't made Champions League in five years. So five years. So they went from being the number four to not even that because it takes the top four to make it, obviously. So they haven't they haven't made it in a while. Clearly, the problems run a lot deeper than our uh, than Arsene Wenger. Now, Arteta, I, I'm wondering how long of a leash they give Arteta because mm-hmm. they've already lost the first two. And uh, who were their matches against? I might need to just Chelsea uh, and Brentford. They lost two nothing to Brentford, Pat. So Chelsea's fair. Brentford's a tough one. Brentford, Brentford was the uh, the first game, correct? First game of that. the year yep. in Premier League. Yep. There's no shame in losing to Chelsea. Chelsea are going to be very good this season, but uh, you can't be losing to teams like Brentford again. It's it's not panic mode yet. They're two games in, but I gotta say, I mean, I don't know how long of a leash they give Arteta. And again, how how deep is it with the coach? Coaches always take the the blame, but. A lot of the time, like it, it's just the players. I, I don't know. It's tough they've, to put all the blame on the coaches. And they've I, also spent 150 million in transfers this offseason, and they're buying all young guys. They're not yeah. buying guys that can step in and play. They're spending 30 million on bench players. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense, man. And their third game is against City. They're gonna be their goal deficit's gonna be like zero goals. Versus eight after 0 and three to start, man. And I saw a tweet saying Arsenal are going to have to post a preseason goal or a training goal for goal of the month because they're not going to score one, dude. Yeah, they, yeah, bad. they might not have one in August. <laughs> and if they play against City too, City have a good defense. I tell you what, regardless of that one nothing loss to Tottenham, we went out and thrashed Norwich five nothing in the next game. So uh, I think that's what Arsenal got coming to them. I, yeah. I don't think it's going to be good. Poor Norwich get Liverpool and Man City to start, man. It's tough. And I will say with Chelsea, Lukaku looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Scored in his first game. So big, so physical. That Arsenal's defense. Yeah, man. And apparently they're now um, still trying to get Jules Koundé from Benfica. And they're still trying to get Saul from freaking Atletico. So, man, they're going to be stacked, loaded, ready to go. And, uh, man, Ronaldo benched for the Juve opener. Comes on late um, against Udinese. Has a stoppage time winner called offsides. 94th minute, tore the shirt off and everything, man. Got it called offsides. And now, Pat, there's some reports saying he may be looking at City for that next step in his career, man. And as a Liverpool fan, I'm praying to the football gods that you don't give Pep Guardiola Ronaldo up front, man. I mean, (laughs) come on. Come on, dude. I think there were rumors that uh, he didn't even want to be at Juventus this season. There were rumors that he wanted to go. uh, And I know he kind of downplayed those, but I'm, you know, where there's, where there, what is it? uh, Where there's smoke, there's there's fire. fire, So uh, I I would say he probably does want out. Um, Hey, coming to city, he can do that all he wants. I'd be happy to have him. Uh, Hopefully we wouldn't have to pay too much for him though. Cause we did just pay a hundred million for Jack Grealish. And uh, we're trying to get Harry Kane. Obviously if we, you know, if we want Ronaldo, we're not going to get Harry Kane because Ronaldo plays striker these days. But I would love to see it. Uh, Ronaldo, you know, we'll see how it goes with Juventus this season. Inter won last year in Italy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Inter are going to look good again. They're not going to have Christian Eriksen, but uh, besides, they did lose uh, Lukaku as well, right? Yeah, but they got Lukaku 100 million to replace them. So I'm sure they'll do something. They're going to have to spend it. They're going to have to spend yeah. it if they want to win. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, man. And I will say the only reason why I think there's some validity to these Ronaldo rumors, why else would he be benched for 65 minutes against 
Udinese, man. Yeah. Why else would you not bring him on until it's time to win the game, man? You win that game if Ronaldo plays 90 minutes. I don't care what you say. I mean, I he's that good. Unless it's a matter of like, oh, we're playing Udinese and, you know, Ronaldo is 36. Uh, maybe we want to preserve him for the rest of the season. I don't know. That seems, if, if that is the mindset, it seems like a dumb one. Uh, I'm not going to try to get into the mind of the Juventus coach, yeah. but and man, I wish I had some more good things to say about Liverpool. Two solid wins. We sell a bunch of players and we only bring one in. We sell Shakiri the other day to OL in France and everyone's like, yay, we finally opened up a roster spot. And he's like, nope, Harvey Elliott, our 18 year old is going to fill in a champions league and in the prem form. So man, Liverpool is not doing enough. Hopefully we see some more transfers, Pat. I think when this episode comes out on Wednesday, there's only seven days left of transfer time. And so it's, it's coming to an end. The transfer window is closing. So hopefully summer, we have some, yeah. that summer window is closing quick. I do. I do hope uh, Harvey Elliott, plays well i do Me hope too. he can fill that role because i remember when he made his debut at like 15 years old so for fulham yeah regardless of not rooting for liverpool i'll root for him for you i can root for their young <laughs> guys i do like harvey elliott who doesn't want to see an 18 year old succeed man if, if exactly. you're out if you're, you know if you're talking trash towards an 18 year old soccer player you got to find better if i'm a if i'm a phil foden fan i can be a harvey elliott <laughs> fan, you know I'll take it, man. Maybe they'll both be representing England in a few years. But, Pat, that's enough soccer for us, man. We'll fly by. and There will be bigger headlines to talk about. But we're going to get on to listener questions, as we always do. Got to keep the show nice and tight, man. So we're going to start with this one that I saw just on Twitter. This was from at Patrick Claiborne on Twitter, man. If an entire NFL roster featured identical clones of a single current NFL player, who would have the best team? Like all 22 players on that field are one single player. Who do you think has the best team in the NFL? Wow. So right? they gotta be, they gotta be a quarterback. They gotta be a running back. They gotta be O-line, D-line, cornerbacks. See, think about the most versatile. And I'm thinking someone like decently big too. Like I might, maybe Michael Vick. I might go Michael Vick. Current player has oh, to be current a current player. Guy. Oh, current player. <laughs> I was would like, have been a nice I was thinking of like guys like versatile players. Like Michael Vick could be, you know, the wildcat offense quarterback. Lamar back, Jackson. Probably catch the ball. <laughs> hey, Lamar Jackson. Maybe defense would be kind of tough though. Our defense would be pretty bad. It's got to be. You, that's the thing. You've seen receivers throw the ball like a quarterback. Maybe you could go receiver. My original thought was like JJ Watt. I was like, what if you just had J.J. Watt, like 6'5", 300 pounds? But then I'm like, I'm not moving very well. It would be He'd get burned in the secondary all the time. This, Pat, this is a weird pick, but bear with me for a second. Taysom Hill. Okay. <laughs> Taysom Hill plays running back, quarterback, wide receiver, and he's also on the punt team. As yeah. a gunner, like he's out there making tackles. That's the thing. They got to be making, <laughs> they got, yeah, they got to be making kicks. They got to be special teams. They got to be everything. It's tough. Yeah, man. I don't know. This, this one is really hard, but I, I think I'm going to go Taysom Hill for the pure versatility. <laughs> I think for the size and the movement, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey. I love it. We already know he's big. He can, you know, he's tight end. He can block. He could, he could probably learn how to pass the ball better. He can run with the ball, even if it's not quick. He can catch. He's big enough to play D. And uh, I, I like the Kelsey versus Taysom Hill matchup for me. I'm, I like I like Kelsey. I'm changing my pick, and I think it's a better matchup against Kelsey. Derrick Henry. All right. 22 <laughs> no, Derrick Henrys against 22 Travis Kelsey's pay-per-view, dude. Sign yeah, me if up, Derrick boy. Henry could pass the ball, that's a, that might actually have me trumped. I think that's a, <laughs> uh, I think that's a good pick. 
All right, man. Next one. This is from Dave Youngerman. Is Dak ever going to play, man? He just got paid. That's what Dave was saying, man. Dak should be playing this year, but man, not playing in the preseason. And that shoulder, it's lingering. And a lot of quarterbacks have been saying, man, if, you're, if your shoulder is not right for the first four weeks of preseason, it's not going to be right for week one. And it's going to get worse in week Probably two. Not. So, man, I'm kind of worried about that shoulder, man. I know. And of course, with Dak, like he's recovering from that horrible injury last year. And then he's got to deal with a shoulder problem. Man, that's tough. I feel bad for him. I hope he plays. I don't know who would play in his place, but what happened last season with the Cowboys when Dak got hurt, they were terrible. Zeke mm. was terrible. Everyone suffered because of it. So I really hope Dak is okay. I do too, man. Absolutely. From Brett, who should be the first overall pick in fantasy football this year, Pat? Ooh, that's a good question. I, mm, that's a good question. Devon, Espe- if, so I like going running back. So I would, I think with McCaffrey coming, McCaffrey coming back, he didn't play a lot last year. I might go McCaffrey. If you go receiver, Devontae Adams. I think I'd have mentioned uh, Devontae Adams in the past week. But uh, other than that, man, I'm not even sure who I'm going to take first. It, it really, having the first pick is the toughest thing Stress. in fantasy. It's the toughest thing. Like I said with Joe, one of my, uh, one of my buddies picked uh, Saquon Barkley first last year. First game, you know, his fantasy season's over. Mm-hmm. So it's picking first overall. I like like the fifth pick as opposed yeah. to the first. I would say Christian McCaffrey, especially in a PPR league. You know, when you think about the ability for a running back to catch the That's ball, the get those extra points. Kamara. And yeah, I was going to say your pick for offensive player of the year, Alvin Kamara, I think is a phenomenal pick. It's very safe too. I, mm-hmm. He misses games here and there too. But with the pass catching ability, with no Drew Brees, with Michael Thomas having his issues, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey are one and two for me, whichever order you want to put them. I feel like those are very safe picks. Yeah, I like it. And it's funny that I said offensive player of the year, Kamara, and I didn't even pick him for this. <laughs> I had Kamara on my team last year. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll throw Kamara in that mix too. It's it's Kamara or McCaffrey, I think, either way. I, I don't think you can go wrong either way. I hear you there, man. Matt Robles, shout out Matt, dude. Nicest guy in the world. Gotta love Matt. Well, yeah, I we, think he put in a question like a month ago that was predict the top four in the Prem. And now he's asking us to predict the top five in the Prem. <laughs> And Pat, I'm going to go City 1. I'm going Liverpool 2, Chelsea 3, Man U 4, and I'm going to go Tottenham 5. I don't like I like what Nuno's doing at Tottenham right now. They've been decent in their first couple of games. They're going to get Harry Kane back. He's going to get back into their lineup and start playing. I don't trust Leicester. They bottle it at the end of every season. I don't trust Everton. I don't trust Wolves. I certainly do not trust Arsenal after finishing 8th the past 2 years. So those are my 5. City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man U, Tottenham. I like it. You're not going to go with uh, Brighton, who have won their first two games and sit in the four spot currently. Brighton and Hove, or uh, <laughs> or uh, West Ham was in the number one spot with the highest goal difference. West Ham's West Ham's interesting, man. They've they scored top eight goals six last year. They have some great players. Yeah, man. they're it's... yeah they've been a good team lately. Ever since like the Dimitri Payet days, they've been pretty decent. But uh, obviously, I won't keep them in my top five. But I think I'm going to go Liverpool. It's going to be Liverpool or Chelsea winning the Prem. I think I think I'm going to go actually I think I'm going to City, go Chelsea. Dude? What happened to your team? I love City, but I I don't think they're going to go back to back. They're going to be so much they're going to be so it. much more focused on the Champions League. Pep needs that Champions League trophy yeah. and I think if it comes down to it, I would much rather the Champions League trophy and I think any Man City fan might say the same thing. So I will go Chelsea number 1, Liverpool 2, 
City three, Tottenham four, Man U five. That'll be my uh, that'll be my top five. I love the humility, Pat. I really do. I hey, really do. I can't. I gotta be honest. I, I already went with uh Jason Owa for defense player <laughs> here the Ravens, and I'm always high on the Ravens. I can't be biased all the time. I hear that. <laughs> Little basketball. This was a question that Evan Fournier tweeted out. He said, "Would you rather have a loud 27 in a game, a lot of step back threes, a lot of showy dunks, or a quiet 40, just all layups and free throws all game? Which would you rather have in an NBA game, Pat?" Well, we know the media likes the flashy stuff. Although I still might get a Leangelo or Lonzo or Lamelo Ball post ahead of me, <laughs> even if I did have a loud 27, I'm gonna go with the loud 27 because just for the highlight reel too. I mean, nothing makes a better highlight reel. Nothing makes sports center top 10 quite like a, a step back or a crazy dunk. So I think uh, for 13 points, le- 13 points less, that's a fair trade-off. I'll take the, uh, I'll take the limelight over those 13 points. I'm going to go with you for the same reasons, man. You get the highlights, you get people talking about you. That's momentum for your team. City's going crazy. Stadium's going crazy. Give me the step backs. Give me the alley-oops. Give it all, man. (laughs) We know Omar eats up that stuff, so uh, (laughs) I'd be making SportsCenter for sure. House of Mahoney, dude. House of Pat. We'll we'll see what happens, man. There you go. (laughs) Great question, man, from Carson Barcombe. Shout out Westfield and WSKB. That's, That's where we met, man. What are your podcasting inspirations in terms of shows or hosts, man? I love this question, man. And of course, I always talk about it, man. My favorite podcast outside of right off the bus, of course, um, is Flagrant 2 with Andrew Schultz and Akash Singh, man. Alex Media, Marky Gagnon, man. Dove, all of them. I love it, man. It's so corny. But when I listen to that podcast, I feel like I'm part of the gang. Like, I feel like I'm part of that group. I'm laughing at the inside jokes that they're making. And to me, that is what makes good podcasting. It's conversational. You feel like you're there. That's what Rogan does. Obviously, Rogan's a big inspiration. Um, and f- for that, man, like I joke, like the right off the bus family and all that stuff, man. But it, that's that's what you want. You want your listeners to feel like you're part of it. And I will say Rich Roll, too. I listen to his podcast a couple times a week. Absolutely love the guy. And that's why at the end of every podcast, I say we don't take your attention for granted, man, because he says that at the end of his shows. And that really speaks to me, man, like. We're not just out here doing this for you and me, man. There's people listening. We want their input. We want their takes. We're talking about their listener questions right now. That was good. Yep. There you go. So that was going to be my point too. It's like, that's why we want listener questions because we want the people who listen to be a part of the show because I, you know, it's at the end of the day. Yeah, we're talking, but I do want other people to be a part of the show. And Mm. I like the stuff that people come up with because I would never come up with any of these on my own. Right. I mean, maybe (laughs) if I sat down and really thought about it, but at the end of the day, I could never think of all these. So I love having them. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Chandler knows some of my favorite podcasts. Uh, I love below the bell with Brandon Schaub, just because I'm an MMA guy, UFC guy. He gives good analysis. I I do like Brandon Schaub as a podcaster, even though he gets a lot of hate sometimes. (laughs) I do love Brennan Schaub, uh, King and the Sing. I was on, Hey, you can check out the highlights it's on true. my Instagram story. <laughs> I did, uh, Pat Mahoney 33. I did make it onto that show with a submission. Big part of that show. The whole show is fan submissions. Obviously they're doing the comedy, but it's fan submissions, but it's, uh, Theo Vaughn, Brennan Schaub. Those are two of my podcasting inspirations. And then, uh, sports, Ariel Hawani, another MMA journalist. He's a, one of the best. If you listen to his podcast or his live shows, one of the best speakers in the entire sports world, never mind just MMA. So he, he's the biggest one too, in terms of like 
style and uh, just the way he facilitates things. He just, he knows what he's doing. So those are, those are some of mine. I love it, man. I love it, man. There's so many people that you can learn yeah, from. I could say ed- Rogan, but that's pretty generic. I do like Joe Rogan. <laughs> Anyone listening, man, find inspiration, take some things from some other people, man, you know, write down some things you like what that podcaster does what that show does and try to implement it into your own in a different way. That's what it's all about. Find that inspiration somewhere. Great question, Carson. One of my favorite we've had on the show. Thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, that was a great one. Now, a question that we're going to skip over because it's it makes no sense. This Carter, man. He said our deadliest... roommate, our, our former roommate, Carter. But uh... <laughs> Deadliest warrior matchup, dude versus guy. Let me preface this. Carter has always wanted to have a show called Dude versus Guy, where he explains the difference between a dude and a guy and celebrities. I think it's ridiculous. Carter knows that. Carter, we're skipping over this question because... I don't know who would kill each other, a dude or a guy. I don't know how to answer that question. And if you watch South Park, you also <laughs> got to throw in friend because with their whole Canadian oh. bit, it's like they go, dude, guy, friend. So like, I'm not your friend guy, <laughs> but uh, it'd be dude versus guy versus friend. So you got to put it in the third option. So it, that's my input, but I'm not going to answer. Maybe we'll bring Carter on to talk about that one, man. But now let's <laughs> yeah. get on to some hypothetical animal matchups and animal questions as we like to do to end out listener questions. We got a few this week, man. I'm excited. So our first one from my brother's girlfriend, Karina. I'm not going to pretend to try to pronounce her last name. It's Greek. I don't know how to say it, man. But uh, flock of eagles versus an elephant, man. I don't know how many a flock is, but a bunch of eagles versus a single elephant, Pat, man. What, what, what we got here? I don't think eagles fly in flocks, really, but uh, I will say, true. I guess it may be at least like 10, so we'll do 10 eagles. Uh, God, I don't know if the elephant's ever going to make contact with them. That's right. the problem. Like, they could poke at them all day, maybe maybe get tired. Even if they do, they can go take a break in the branch, come back. Like, they can go five <laughs> at a time, sub the other five in. You know, it, like, it could be a whole – it could be like a whole tag team match within the elephants alone. Uh, I guess based on that, I'll go with the eagles just because they could probably peck them to death before the elephant – I mean, if the elephant flails his trunk wildly, maybe, like, inhales them through because I know they eat their food that way or their drinks – but uh, I could see that, I guess. But I'll go with the Eagles. Yeah, dude, it's a tough pick, man. And I'm thinking about how long this battle would be. Uh, this would be all day. This might be two days. This might be three, four days. This would be a marathon for sure. And I think that, you know, if the Eagles can make legit damage, I think that I'm going Eagles. But I'm going to go Elephant because, man, uh, Eagles are so small compared to an Elephant. And just if you get the tusks going right, if he uses his trunk the right True. way, if you get that charging momentum, man, I don't know maybe 10 eagles maybe their talons do enough maybe their beaks do enough i don't know but i'm a rock with the elephant just because my my boy's huge man i'm i'm rocking with the elephant yeah maybe i don't know how their suction power is with that thing but if they could just <laughs> suck the eagles up i guess that would like a vacuum you know like they got the trunk with the dyson on the front so maybe <laughs> yo little dyson decal dude yeah, little, maybe little nil sponsorship to the elephant during this case slap match. the bumper sticker on <laughs> yep can't wear the supreme sleeve though like jr smith man can't wear the supreme <laughs> sleeve. oh will he wear the sleeve when he golfs he's gonna have the supreme sleeve on when he golfs maybe won't have, co- won't have to cover up his tattoos like he did in the nba man but another question from karina would you rather fight a turkey once a day for the rest of your life or an orangutan once a year for the rest of your life 
So it really depends. Like the turkey would be such an inconvenience on your daily life. I could deal with, I was, I was saying this with another proposition off air. It's like once a year, I'll take 364 days of peace. If it means one year, I got to go hard and I got to fight, you know, something an orangutan, a chimpanzee, whatever it is. The inconvenience that it would be, imagine you're late for work or something and you got to fight the turkey before you get there. Like, explain that to your boss uh i will go with the i, I will go with fighting an orangutan once a year because at least then i got 364 days to train to mm-hmm. think about it so it's not that but it, it'd still be a challenge i mean don't get me wrong i'm five seven and i'm just <laughs> not you know not as athletic as i used to be but uh i'll take the orangutan orangutans are ridiculously strong but i'm feeling like i could come in with some sort of weapon i'm feeling like i could go into this ready to kill right but like you said, dude, a turkey daily is so inconvenient. If it was once a week, I'd go turkey. But man, every like you're on vacation. Imagine you go on a 10-day vacation, you got to kill 10 turkeys. Yeah. Imagine, dude, you're at your brother's wedding and you just got to kill a turkey in the middle of it. Like that is yeah. so inconvenient. I'm a groomsman. They're doing the toast. I'm like, "Hang on, I got to go outside and fight this turkey." Sorry, it's my I got to fill my daily quota. So, uh Does anyone object like a turkey just bust through the door yeah. and Pat's like, "I got to take care yeah. of this guy." I'm like, just <laughs> fighting a turkey in the aisle. That's, that's a situation man. I don't want to happen. I'm I'm with you, man. I'm taking the year long peace before the orangutan fight. I think I got to go that. Definitely. Better. And then our last one from Brett tiger versus lion, Pat. I don't know how to just, dis- I don't know who would win this fight at all, but I feel like lions are considered more of an apex predator in, in the hierarchy. I know they're in different climates and environments, but I'm, I think, I think I'm going to go with tiger. Just because I feel like they move better in a jungle, trees, roots, all those things going on. I feel like a lion's mostly like out in the desert, out in the savannah. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I'm going to rock with the tiger for the versatility on a multitude of terrains, you know? Yeah, and I'll go with the tiger as well. Again, this is based off of zero facts on the tiger <laughs> side. But I will say a, a, a fact on the lion side is that they're like their success rate in hunting is like 10%. So low, it's really, yeah. it's really not good. I don't, it could be just as low with a tiger. I really don't know. So this could be a totally inaccurate choice, but I'll go with the tiger based on that just because maybe they have the better killer instinct, maybe a higher success rate. Like you said, maybe they're more mm-hmm. agile with their surroundings. Uh, yeah. The lions are kind of just running the gun and, and uh, they either catch it or they don't, but I th- it's about a 10% success rate. I was about to say something, but it was about to be like, I think this is true. So I'm just going to skip it too. Because I'm pretty sure it's true. <laughs> Yeah, right. But man, we'll just move on, man. When you know us, we're going to get on to what we've learned, but we're going to get a quick add in from book thinkers first. And of course, as always, do you read personal development books? If so, you got to check out book thinkers. This is a company that's dedicated to helping you fulfill your life through books. And every day on Instagram and every week on their podcast, the team over at book thinkers is helping you discover new books and new mentors that can help you achieve more and live better. The right book at the right time can absolutely change your life. And you can find out more about that by heading over to Instagram, searching book thinkers or going over to bookthinkers.com, checking out their team, checking out their podcast, checking out their book recommendations, whatever it is. But now, Pat, we're going to move on to what we've learned, but it may look like you have done some research first, you know, I was going to say, so what what I've learned, (laughs) uh, what I've learned today is that uh, lions hunting in pairs and groups have a success rate of about 30%. But hunting by themselves, it's about 17 to 19. So wow. I think I was I was a little low in my estimate, but 17 to 19 is not great. And typically, I think the clips I see are usually alone. So uh, <laughs> what I learned today is that uh, in groups... Wait, Pat, real quick. 
Tiger's success rate for hunting is 10%. Oh, so wow. That's maybe the where the game has changed. <laughs> All right. What, what you got? I think I, I think I did have tigers in mind. I might just have to switch my whole thing. Uh, <laughs> I switched, I switched to lion. Uh, <laughs> what I learned is we covered it in Joe. I mean, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, this is going to be one of the most entertaining NFL seasons that we've seen in recent memory. I think last year was a great, despite all everything going on, despite COVID. I think it was a great season. The fact that the Bucks won with Brady, I mean, it was pretty unbelievable. There was a lot of entertaining games. When you watch Red Zone every Sunday, like I do, you pretty much see every score of the entire season. So I can tell it it was a fun season last year. I think this season's going to be even better. There's just so much. There were so many moves in the off season. So many question marks leading in with the draft. Will the Dolphins boomer bust? How will the Rams fare with Stafford? Jimmy G or Trey Lance in San Francisco? How will the AFC North play out? Which, if not, uh, I would say it's between that and then the Chiefs division for the mm-hmm. best division in uh, football. So there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of things to be excited about, and uh, including our predictions. I am, uh, I'm excited about the NFL season, and that's what I learned. Pat, you mentioned red zone, and I got to say what I'm excited about for this NFL season is that we haven't had NFL Network the past few years when we changed our cable plan. And today, my dad and my brother went out and got NFL Network and red zone, man. I got red zone for the first time since using yours at college or whoever we were using, man, or just streaming it off buff streams or whatever. (laughs) So, man, I got red zone, and that's what I'm in for. I can't wait. I've never had it. I've never had it, man. It's 23 years deprived, man. I can't wait to see Scott killing it. it. It's a game changer. (laughs) And if you play fantasy football, it's an even better game changer. Because in regular football games, there's so many commercials, but now – it's like when you watch red zone, it's just all football all the mm. time. So that's what I like about it. And Pat, what I learned this week, man, and uh, I'm so excited to say this, the new England revolution are the best team in MLS. And dare I say they're the best team in new England sports right now. The Patriots went seven and nine. The Red Sox are fighting for a wild card spot, man. The Celtics were in the play in tournament. The Bruins, they made the playoffs, didn't do great. The Revs are dominating the MLS in historic fashion right now, Pat. They have 49 points to lead the East. Orlando City is in second with 34 points. That's five wins. They're up by 15. They're up by seven points on, I believe, Seattle. Yep, Seattle has 42 in the West for the Supporter Shield. So they're three games up on the next best team in MLS. They're five games up on the next best team in their conference. They are dominating. They are like, just, this is historic for the revs, man. This is their greatest season ever. We're winning without some of our top players. We missed Matt Turner for a month. We missed Henry Kessler for a month. We missed Tejon Buchanan for a month because of the gold cup. Luis Caicedo has been hurt. Carlos Hills missed the last four or five games, man. And the revs continue to dominate. I think this is finally the year that the Revs win MLS Cup. They're 0-5. We're going to break the curse, man. And it's crazy to say, but a soccer team currently is the best sports team in New England, which is nuts to say. It's crazy. It is. The Revs have always been decent, at least for a long time. But uh, I tell you what, it's been exciting to follow them this year. I haven't followed them as religiously in the past, but following them this year has been awesome. It's helped having the uh, the people we've met through the podcast uh, mm-hmm. on my Twitter feed, Jeff Lemieux, uh, Chris Lucas, having those guys with the updates is helping, and it got me more into it. So uh, 
it's been cool to watch the uh, watch the Rebs this year. And I agree. I mean, over the Patriots, the Bruins did make the playoffs, but they lost. And nobody looks as good as the Rebs do. You know, I know we're talking Rebs, but I never thought we'd get a Chris Lucas drop on the spot, man. One of my favorite Twitter <laughs> follows, man. Just ultra Rebs fan. Just moved up to Maine with his family, if you were mm-hmm. wondering, Pat. But, yeah, uh... no, I, I, I follow us. <laughs> yeah, I get all the updates, even his personal ones. But uh, yeah, I love you, it. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, I don't know what his handle is. I'm not going to do him any justice, but <laughs> look up Christopher Lucas. Oh man, it started with a K too. K R I S. Yes, it is man, a K. But, uh... That's the critical part. You start with a C, you're getting nowhere. Pat, I'm thrown off, man. Chris Belukas drop. I'm I'm all in a tizzy <laughs> right now, but I'm, I'm just playing, man. That's episode 35 right off the bus, man. Another fun one. So much fun having Joe Braverman on the show. Talk some NFL. But of course, we got our headlines. We got European soccer. Some fun listener questions, man. Laughing a bunch as always. And as always, man, we just want to say thank you to everyone that's made it to this point of the podcast. Or, you know, if you didn't get here, we still appreciate you. But You know, if you're listening to this on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, don't matter, man. It means so much to us that you would take time out of your week, spend that hour, hour and a half with us. Going to be an hour and a half this week looking at the clock. But uh, we do not take your time or your attention for granted, man. It really does mean so much to us. So please do anything you can. Like, subscribe, comment, share this podcast. Share it with a friend that doesn't listen to a sports podcast. Whatever you can do, just share the brand, man. Share the message. And that's all I got to say for episode 35, man. Yeah, thank you to Joe. More thank you to everyone for listening. Right off the we'll bus. You guys next week. Shout out Chris Lucas. <laughs> <laughs>